Welcome to the latest series of Wheeling in the Years, Dublin's GA podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dublin's greatest dual star of hurling and football in the modern day era. A man who has given a generation to his county and club jersey in both football and hurling with great success, winning numerous county titles, provincial titles at club and county level, national hurling league honours and All-Ireland club success. Conal Keeney, you're very welcome. Thanks very much, Will. Conal, if I go back to the start... Your school days, you know, when I was doing my bit of homework on you, I, I realised you were educated in Terranure College. How does somebody become so proficient in hurling and Gaelic football when they've gone to uh, a secondary school that was rugby dominated? Um, well, I, I think probably at that stage, my skills were, were, were already in place. Um, I'd, before I went to secondary school, sure, obviously I was in Ballyboden from the age of probably six or seven, going through the ranks there. And, um I remember in sixth class, there was a good lot of buddies of mine going to Terranure. There's a few of them going to Colosh Dana. But at that time, I, I kind of wanted something different. You know, I was kind of, the expected thing for me to do nearly from my, nearly my parents and uh, all my friends was to go to Colosh Dana and play hurling football with everyone else. But I wanted to play something. I wanted to try other sports. And I knew Terranure had a great tradition in rugby and, and tennis and everything else that went with it. So um, I kind of half said it to my parents and they said if you were sure you wanted to go there we'll send you there if you want to go so that's kind of more or less it I drifted into into Terranure a lot of the lads that I hung around with then uh, around the green that I live in went to Terranure as well so that kind of helped you know and, uh, but like colleges hurling would have been so important in terms of development as a player in hurling and football and, and that was five six years that you missed you did you did you play rugby and obviously tennis where did, what was the did you did you play College of rugby for Terranure? Yeah, I played rugby first year, second year, third year. I played junior cup. Um, I played a little bit in fourth year, but then at that, I, I kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, what position? Uh, 13, second centre. You mightn't think it to look at me now. But, uh, Jeez, I would. No, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it, it gave me a, pers- a different perspective on training and it gave me a different perspective on how the skills of rugby can be brought into the GA and also the physical end of things. Um, not that I really enjoyed it too much in the rugby, even in the end of you know, especially when you get tackled in rugby, it seems to be at schools and, and first year and second year, the big heavy lads just come in and fall on top of you, you know, and that's when I used to, get, it used to annoy me the most, you know, I get more injuries from lads falling on me than, than actually the game itself, but, um, oh, I look so really it, never, it never took over the graph or it never grew really, like, no, hur- like, like hurling and Gaelic football was still, yeah, it was still number one, still um, number I one. always played, uh, now what probably helped a lot was, I was playing, Dublin had a Dublin colleges, you know, were combined colleges, so I was able to play with the, the Dublin combined colleges with that, and that really took off from about fourth year onwards, um, with Colin McShelley in charge with, you know, all the colleges around Dublin were were, were, uh, were kind of put together and represented as, as Dublin, if you like, I went to play play against Kieran's and um, all the big, big colleges around the country, and we competed very well with that, and we won a Leinster title with that, and I think we were robbed of a, of a semi-final uh, down in Tipperary. The umpire said the ball didn't cross the line when it obviously did that day. I'll never forget it. And that would have got us to an All-Ireland final, which against Flannans and a team that we played loads of challenge games and in league games and we always beat them. So that's probably one of the sticks that we should have we should have went on a little bit further there. But And it was probably one of the benefits of the time, you know, that college is hurling when it got up off the ground. It, it gave, I suppose, Dublin players the benchmark to play against the top players around the country which they probably weren't getting they were, you know generally they were in lower Leinster type competitions if, if, on an individual school basis yeah. yeah well it definitely gave us the confidence like that core group of players was the, like say the likes of me Stephen Heine uh, Derek O'Reilly from Kieran's, um there was there was a Liam, Liam O'Gahanacon like there was there was loads of lads out there that, that were nearly coming at the same kind of roughly uh, same age coming through the ranks and that the, new, the team that we got to when we were minor and we did pretty well we, we lost by a couple of points in the Leinster final but we went on to uh, play Cork in an All-Ireland semi-final that nucleus of that team was all on the Dublin, Dublin Colleges team you know and it wasn't the easiest thing to it wasn't the, the fashionable thing to go and play hurling to be honest in Terranure at the time um, I was going to ask you that how did they react to that when you kind of down down the rugby and said listen I'm off playing colleges hurling yeah well I think it, now it's a little bit easier too but at the time it was kind of frowned upon you know that I wasn't going training or else I'd turn up to a rugby game after playing a hurling game in the morning, you know, and still muck on me. And they were like, how could you go and do that? Like, rugby is the most important thing. And to me, it wasn't, you know, it was just, I was just playing it for the crack because if you didn't play on the Saturday, you know, everyone's talking about it on the Monday and Tuesday. So you didn't tell them at the time you were just playing for the crack in Terran Europe? No, I didn't, no, no. But they soon realised. But in fairness, as, as, as they seen as, as my kind of career was going and, and we, we had kind of relatively success with the colleges, 
you know, there was a good lot of teachers that were into hurling and football, but they weren't really coming to the fore in Terenure because it wasn't the, the thing to be seen to be to be talking about. It was all rugby, but now that it's gone, it's actually since I left Terenure, they now have their own hurling team, their own football team, um, and now it's nearly taken over hurling and football. Um, and culture has changed. Yeah. Culture has definitely changed, but it's a lot to do with the teachers and the priest is there, Father Aina, now he's a huge GA man. And at the time, he went to all my games in, in Ballyboden, so he was a big into the GA, but um, it definitely has changed in the last couple of years. And it's, I wouldn't say it's taken over from the rugby, but it's, it's on a par, maybe. So it all started in Ballyboden, as you say, six, seven years of age. Um, who would have been the biggest influences on your career growing up there? Because obviously to play both codes and play them at such a high level, uh, you obviously had some quality coaching in the background there. Yeah, like uh, people make a big thing about the dual players. Like, but I think it, it was the norm when I was growing up. One week you're playing hurling, next week you're playing football, and that was just it. And there was about maybe 10 or 12 lads doing the exact same thing. Um, it wasn't a big deal, you know, you just wanted to play at that age and whatever it was, hurling or football, it made no difference, certainly made no difference to me and it made no difference to a lot of the lads that were um, playing along with me. But maybe as, as, as we got up the ranks a little bit from 15 to 16, probably lads just dropped off and were working or whatever they had to do. But, you know, I think my parents are a big influence. My dad was involved in nearly all the teams when I was growing up and he was nearly managing both at the time hurling football. So it was just a thing to do to, to play on a Saturday hurling and the following Saturday play football. And maybe if you were feeling OK, you'd go a year up. You know, if I was under 40 and I would go and play under 15 on the Sunday hurling or football. So it didn't make any difference. I just wanted to play games and that's just the way it yeah, went. I suppose speaking to your dad, I only met him once. Uh, <laughs> very, very late one night uh, when I think it was after 2005 when we had the what we call the Venga bus and yeah. uh, we were after beating Wexford and we went and travelled around the county and picked up every player but I do recall arriving at your uh, your doorstep probably about 1 o'clock in the morning and uh, it's fair to say he didn't take too kindly to us uh, knocking on the door would that be, that be, that be fair comment? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be putting a mile yeah uh, I wasn't there but I remember him come telling me the next day he goes I didn't know who the hell these bunch of lads were knocking on the door knocking on the sitting room door trying to get up on the roof and he said the only person I recognised was Johnny McGee and he pulled him into the hall and goes what is going on here Johnny and Johnny was terrified he said he didn't know what to say to him but uh, no nah, he was embarrassed about it at the end but he couldn't believe that it was actually we were, I think that was after the semi-final uh, when we beat, uh, we, I think we had beaten Wexford in yeah, the Wexford semi-final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he was more taken aback that it was that we actually hadn't hadn't won anything yet, and we were still celebrating yeah. like that. But well, uh, most most of us didn't hang around that night. We scattered back to the bus fairly quickly, <laughs> yeah. and we said we'd scratch that one off. We're not getting him. Uh, but getting back then, I suppose growing up in Ballyboden and um, playing minor, I suppose you played two years minor, uh, which is an achievement in its own right. But you played two two years minor at both coats. Um, Obviously, at the time, you, you look at, the, at in today's modern-day game and the level of commitment, and you see very few dual players now playing both codes. Uh, but you've done it for, I suppose, over two years, both, both codes. It obviously didn't phase you at the time. It was just part of part of your makeup, was it? Yeah, like uh, I think, probably just thinking back when when we were, when you told me we were going to have this interview. It was funny. I came out under fifteen playing hurling or football, and. I actually gave up football because I wanted to just play hurling, you know, at that age. And I didn't play under 16 football at all. And it was just lucky that uh, the manager for the minor team a year later, you know, he remembered that I did play football and he wanted me on the minor team. Um, and it was just funny that I left it for a year and came back and I probably, only for him probably asking me back, really, I wouldn't have went back playing football at all. I just didn't. Football wasn't for me. I wanted to play hurling. I wanted to drive Dublin as far as I could and, and get as much success out of hurling and uh, one thing led to another I just happened to be dropping off the football and who, who was that, that um, I think it was probably Dan O'Sullivan really that, that uh, kept nagging me nagging me to come back and play and I just said look I'll give it a go and, and so and potentially you, you might never have played football again at that stage you packed yeah. it in under 16 you were yeah probably yeah I, 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 it's just the way it was it was, it was was drifting I, I was concentrating hurling all the time my, my whole life was hurling you know, I was hurling on the green I was hurling with all my friends football really didn't come into it too much it was a, it was a kind of a nearly Asher I'll play football for the crack anyway um, but I suppose then once I got on to the, that kind of at, at probably 16 we won a minor championship then and I was a big part of that team um, and then it just kind of developed on from that. I got called up to the to the, to the 21s after the minor, and from the 21s we happened to go on and win the All-Ireland, and from that I got called up to the senior footballer. So it just kind of all developed on, you know. And people forget in 2003, you're part of the under-21 All-Ireland winning football team that beat, beat Tyrone in Navan, but you're also playing senior hurling and you get an All-Star nomination that year. Um, so much made of 
of the demands now in in respect to dual players, but like that that was a huge commitment at that stage to balance both of them um, and and make that commitment. But did you did you struggle at any stage to think you know listen I'm going to have to choose one of these at some stage because was it getting too much? Um, no, not really. Um, I, the way I was thinking in my mind was. I was given her, given the senior hurlers everything, um, and you know I didn't really come into that twenty ones team until very late. You know I, I was, I, I think I missed that year. Uh, I missed a lot of the Leinster campaign because I was concentrating on the hurling, um, and I only really came in for that semi final. And I remember, uh, I remember the morning of the game, Paddy Canning coming over to me. He was selected at the time and saying, "You better play well today because you're lucky to get your game." And that that kind of struck me a bit. I was like, "Well, surely I'm good enough to be playing." But, you know, I was lucky enough then, I think that day, I think myself and Tomas Quinn had a great game. We, we were kicking six, seven points uh, that day and Everton just wor- worked really well for us and we got into the final and I think I played OK in the final and um, it just developed on then from there. And in relation to that game, that, w- that would have been your f- the first experience with Jim Gavin because he was heavily involved in that group uh, yeah. in 2003. Um, would you put that victory down to him? Um I would I'd say a lot of the groundwork was was done by Jim. I think he maybe took a back seat then near the end when when Tommy Tommy was the kind of the, the manager if you like, but he wasn't doing a whole lot up until we got to nearly the semi final or final stage. And um, Jim was pretty much doing it all really behind the scenes, doing a lot of the training. And I can see a lot of his traits in the team now at the minute. You know, everything is structured, everything is done right and down to a T. And and and, and everything is everyone has their role in, in the team. Um, and you have to just do your role and, and nobody is bigger than, than the team itself you know because he didn't care if you were like some lads would be coming out of minor with, with huge reputations you know and he didn't care who you were you still had to be on time for training you still had to do what you had to do um, and if you didn't do it well someone else would do it and in 2003 when you were had the choice of looking forward um, honestly now did you feel you know what path were Dublin hurling on at that, at that period and, and was Dublin football the glamorous option at that stage was that niggling away at your mind despite the fact that you, you loved hurling um, yeah the football obviously was the glamour the glamour pull but um, it wasn't that wasn't the factor for me it was you know I suppose the, the, the ultimate what made my mind up um, to, to leave the hurling was uh, turning up at the time in 2004 I was playing both you know I was, mm. I was playing hurling and football and, and I have to give credit for Tommy Lyons at the time he, he was he was really good to me, you know, uh, as in, he, he said, if you want to do both, I'll, I'll try and accommodate you as, as best I can. And we'll put a calendar down. We'll see what nights you train with me and what nights you go hurling and everything like that. And he was very good. Um, but I suppose when you were going training, say, on a Tuesday to a tool park with the hurlers and six or seven lads there, maybe eight, ten, uh, you're wondering, is there going to be enough to do training? And then training was a little bit Mickey Mouse. You know, it was just... I thought that was okay. That's the standard for senior hurling in, with Dublin. Then you go the following week to to the footballers, and it's the total opposite. Like there could be thirty, thirty five lads there. Everything is is a hundred percent. You're getting proper food afterwards. Uh, it's you're, you're you're dealt as if you're an athlete and a, and a professional, um, and everything is is geared around that. Um, so that's interesting. Like it was the the, the golf back. The golf back then was that significant. Oh, it was huge. Preparation, it was yeah. absolutely huge. Like even down to where we were trained with the hurlers, it was a little bit all over the place. You know, did we have gym programs? Did we not? Where were we going to the gym? You no, know, it was all Mickey Mouse. Um, Why do you think that was at that time? Um, I don't know. It's probably like uh, that. The hurlers at the time, I suppose, didn't have much success. You know. I'm not saying the county board were playing lip service at all to it, but you know, once there was a manager there in place, and once lads were kind of relatively happy, uh, but you'd always have the two or three lads that are really serious about the hurling. You know, the Dave Sweeney's, the Shane Martins. They were really, they were always there and training really hard. But I just couldn't understand why they weren't getting everyone to be on, on and getting everyone to come out training because you'd be wondering who's going to turn up tonight. Will you have enough or what's the situation? Um, and even down to not having enough slitters, getting old slitters, hurls was a huge problem, you know. It was like you had to be one of the favourites to go get a hurl. If you broke a hurl, it was really tough. you go get your own, like, and this little, little things like that were really bugging me. While you go to the f- other side of the football, gear wasn't even talked about because it was like you had plenty of it. Footballs weren't an issue because there was loads of them. Where you were training was all all detailed down and everything was was was, was planned meticulously. So, 
Well, you, the, you can't be blamed then for, I suppose, choosing football at that time if the standards just weren't up to yeah, the level that you expected. I suppose... I, I and was it the same at minor? Was there a gulf between preparations from Dublin football and hurling at minor level or um, was there just an, an even balance? No, I, I, I'd say it was, it was relatively even, but I would say... The, the bunch of players at that minor team were coming off the back of college's success and they knew what it was like to, to, to compete at that level and they all wanted to win. You know? They had momentum, yeah. 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 Um, while probably at the senior teams, a lot of lads there were there a long time. Probably at that time, you, you might lose the first round of championship when you're gone you know, until the following year and get a couple of league games. And I think the mentality of some of the, the, the older fellas that time wasn't what was required. You know? And I know it's, the game has moved so much in... in in the last whatever 10 15 20 years um now maybe that was the norm but i just wasn't comfortable with that I, you know i wasn't there to to come just to compete and to play for dublin you know i wanted to play for dublin make a difference and start winning things and 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 drive dublin forward not just sit there and get an absolute wallop enough Kilkenny or wexford and be happy with that and go home and have a few pints and and aren't you a great lad to play for dublin but that that never sat, sat well with me at all that so is it a fair comment that if if if, if the standards had it been equal, you you might have continued trying to balance the dual role going forward rather than choose football in two thousand five. Um, yeah, I prob- probably fair. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have certainly. While I was in college, uh, I would have liked to kept it going and see how far I could have went with it. Yeah, mm. and just then, obviously, making that decision in two thousand five and the pillar years and and two thousand five to two thousand eight and four Leinster championships and a few near misses and. It's funny speaking to different guys. You know, I spoke to Alan uh, on this series as well, and Jer Brennan, and both had conflicting views of that period. Um, yeah. How do you look back on that period between two thousand five and two thousand eight? Um, great years, great time. You know, met great lads like yourself and Alan and everyone. Um, okay, we we probably were pipped a few times. You know, near the end in semi-finals disappointingly so but what can you do that's that's sport that's football and I think uh, we could have got a lot more out of it it's probably in 2006 maybe against Mayo when we were so close but um, that's the way it is is that the one that sits in your gut as well <laughs> yeah yeah and it was only there a couple of weeks ago I think it was on the telly or was it last year or something it was on the telly and I actually watched it in full oh god uh, and I, cu- I, cu- I couldn't believe how we were so naive and at the time but I suppose just like the hurling yesterday, the best team probably won in the day. Maybe I don't know. But it's a fond period, I suppose. That that ah, two thousand and five. Yeah. Like people like that you meet and the training we did it was all really good. And at the time, uh, we were really enjoying football, and it was a great time to I think to play for Dublin. Um, there was huge hype around at the times, and I know probably we added to it ourselves a lot of it. But um, look, it's definitely. And you, you were to the forefront, obviously, in the half forward line in 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 that era. Did you? Did you find yourself protecting some of the the the, the weaker, lighter guys, like say Mossy Quinn and Brogan <laughs> in the corner that couldn't hold their own physically? No. Yeah, well, I think I, 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 I don't know. I think I was doing some interview when someone asked me that before. I think it was fair to say that uh, it was our job to look after some of them lads as well, and as as well as uh, to get that get, basically win all the dirty ball and try and give it to them lads and let them put it over. But I th- did I see Alan in an interview was saying that he uh, we had a challenge game against Monaghan. Uh, in Artain and he didn't he didn't fancy it that day and <laughs> I, I remember distinctly that he didn't fancy it because they were they were targeting him obviously but he he kept running around me all the time and I was wondering why is he running so close to me in this day but I, I realised that he, he wanted me to look after him but <laughs> no but look they were great times um, to be honest it's very hard to distinguish one year from the other nearly it just it went so fast and um, it's it's hard to believe it's it's so long ago now. So no regrets. There was a we just I suppose you look at it. We were just unlucky that it, we didn't get the break or two along the way. Yeah, look, that's that's sport. You have to you have to win when you're when you're on top and, and do what you can, and um, that's just the way it goes. In two thousand nine, then uh, Pat Gilroy takes over, um, and I suppose we share. I suppose a similar path um, in that I know you played 2009 I was getting splinters in my backside but uh, obviously we were well beaten by Kerry that year Um, I retired at the end of it but you were still there in 2010 and you spent a lot of time on the bench that year and became frustrated would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah would be yeah like 
I suppose looking back now, maybe I was nearly a bit immature the way I was so disappointed for not playing all the time. But um, and now it's totally different. It's uh, if you're on the bench for a game, it doesn't mean you're on the bench for a year. While I, when I was growing up, if I was on the bench for a game, it was the worst thing ever. You know, I wanted to play every game. I thought I was good enough to play every game. So like more or less, why am I playing? But looking back now, and I suppose. That I've learned so much from that that you don't have to be playing every game. You know, it's not about you. It's not about. It's about the whole team winning. And if if today is the day for you to maybe only spend ten minutes on the field, when well, that's that's what you have yeah. to do for the team. And do you think that's the modern day manager's biggest challenge, keeping the substitutes in order um, per se? Yeah, but I think it's it's changed a lot. Like I suppose when we were there, you were nearly always guaranteed your game. You know, there was probably 13, 12 lads that were nearly always going to play and you were never really going to be taken off unless you were injured. While now, you know, if you have a bad game or if, if, if you're just running through a bad spell of, in form or whatever it is, there's a chance, it's more than a good chance that you won't be playing because I think the way the minor managers are now is like they're playing everyone on form. If you're showing a bit of form coming into a game, you're going to get, you're going to get rewarded. While maybe... When, we were there, maybe I don't know if you agree, but some lads could have been absolutely flying it and never get a look in, and you probably knew that that they weren't going to get a look in. So the team could, was picked. The team was picked. Yeah, yeah. 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 From you, you always knew it. Nearly coming up to the end of the league, once everyone was back fit. And did the involvement in 2010 surprise you, based based on where Dublin were after Mead stuck us for five goals? Did my involvement? No, the involvement of the team. Oh, the you know, like to get back to a semi final that year, you would have been, I suppose, disillusioned at that period and after the Mead game. Um, were you surprised how I suppose Gilroy's methods began to change or flow through yeah well I remember after the me game I think there was there was five of us got a phone call to come to training early to have a, a one-to-one and we were highla- there was parts of the game highlighted of where we probably let the team down and it was a funny kind of a period that day. It was very funny. We were all ringing each other going, what, 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 did you get the call? And yeah, I got the call. What, what's this about? So we all went in and we had clips. He showed us clips of where we we could have done things better. Done things better. Um, and I thought I argued my case very well in a few of the situations. But obviously I'd say not. knowing you, that pissed you off good out, did it? I did, yeah, <laughs> I did. Like some lads sat there and accepted it, you know. Uh, I sat there for the first couple of minutes, but there was a few areas where... I remember distinctly I remember at the time Mossy gave me in a ball and I was along the ground and it went out wide and I turned around to Mossy and I says will you just give me a ball in my hands and that was highlighted and highlighted about five times to me and I was I was only trying to explain my case that look I want I want the ball on the ground I wanted it in, the, in, in my hands and I was more or less told you're lucky to get the ball at all you know so you mm-hmm. can't be dictating the players out the field what way you wanted the ball and, and I kind of took exception a little bit to that and I argued back and looking back now it probably wasn't the right thing I should have just sat there Is that there. a turning point? It probably was like I felt that no matter what I did Like you weren't the best boy in school you know take it take it on you, you fought back do you think that had an impact then going forward? Maybe yeah maybe it did um, you know some of the lads just sat there and, and took it and got on with it and maybe didn't play the next day but they were back in form then and they were back in favour well I probably was a little bit Think about it, and uh, I actually thought I played really well after that training games and everything I did. I just kept to myself and wanted to make sure to, to, to show Pat that I am better than what you think I am. Um, but maybe it just wasn't to be, maybe to a degree. Uh, not that I fell out with him in the end, I, I certainly didn't. Um, but he just wanted probably different things, and, and I saw things differently. So maybe that's just the way it went. So at the end of 2010, you're sitting down with a decision to make. You've got the Grove hurling on one hand uh, pulling at you you've got Anthony Daly I suppose in charge of the hurlers and then you've got football which you've been committed to for the previous five years tough decision no I haven't made a decision I made the year previous um, I met Daly as soon as he was uh, uh, picked as manager and at that moment, at that time when I first met him I was like look he wants to meet me I'll meet him even though I had no intention of leaving um, and he knew that but he just wanted to set the siege you know and I said look I'm not really going to go this year to be honest with you Anthony but I said next year you know if things are still going well and I'm injury free you know I'll, I'll definitely go next year um, and he goes no problem so it was like as if he was my best buddy then for a whole year he kept texting me and ringing me and texting me and texting me it, 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 unbelievable um, and then 
after after we were beaten in 2010, it was just that's it. And he he was nearly the first person to text me, you know, straight away again. I was like, well, this Very man, strategic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, obviously, <laughs> like this man really wants me, you know. While it, I didn't, maybe I just wanted to go and I wanted to give the hurling a couple of years because I just knew there was something special coming down the line with the hurlers. Um, and I always wanted to play and play. I didn't want to be wasting a couple of last few years I had sitting on the bench um, and only playing 10 or 15 minutes while I could be giving everything I had to the hurlers and really give something I thought to them. Talk to me about Dalo, like usually charismatic and obviously a great man manager. What like what were your first impressions of him as a manager? Um, mad, crazy. Couldn't understand him. Uh, couldn't get my head around it. Uh, that this that this so called legend like was coming in and he was, he was just like a, nor- a normal lad you didn't see down in the pub in the middle of the crack, and he'd be having that in the dressing room. Which it like I remember even before. We in the Leinster final we were playing against Galway even when we played Kenny in the semi-final he was just like a kid in the dressing room you'd be really nervous and he'd be going around telling stories of 95 when he was they were all out one night and they did this and you're all togged ready to go and he's telling a story about whenever they won the All-Ireland or, and he's telling, talking about people you hadn't a clue but everyone's rolling around laughing uh, and then all of a sudden he just changes and it's all game mode he puts on that, that Under Armour hat and he's <laughs> just a totally different person uh, which is it's it's just it's and do you, is that part of his natural makeup or is that part of his plan or like, no that's like, just him it's just him I think yeah but it, like preparing for the games and the training and the tactical side obviously that was all done it was uh, hurling had come a long way since you were yeah. there in two thousand and three but obviously he he it wasn't just a case of having the crack and getting the lads out there there was there was a lot more substance behind him no there was and I think yeah. Uh, he was really good at dealing with the players and, and, and having things right and he knew what he wanted and he knew the standards that we had to set while behind the scenes he had Richie Stakelin from Croaks that were doing, was doing all the tactical stuff you know nearly more or less spoon feeding him what to say a lot of the times to making mm-hmm. sure things were right and Richie was, is very cute he'd be, he'd be stepping back and he'd be, he'd be assessing things how, to, how everyone individually is you know and he'd be going around to everyone making sure things are good and he'd be nearly feeding it back to Daly and Daly would be, be, be targeting that in a group session you know very very clever uh, to be honest but um, he, uh, he he certainly is a character um, but he created the environment and brought the best out of lads did he? yeah he did Yeah, and he was so loyal and, and honest you know it's not too many managers that are actually honest that look didn't work for you today you know he'd more or less say you know but it didn't make you a bad player you, you, you'd still be good the next day or whatever it is but um, so there's no bullshit from him no, no real bullshit with him no um, but he, uh, he. Well, I think what what made him one of one of us was that he really was a dub, you know. He his kids all wore the jerseys to matches, you know. He spent so much time up here. He went around to all the clubs. He loved being involved. He loved the crack in Dublin. Um, he loved going into the clubs in the north side, having the crack with everyone. Because he, he he's never sampled that before down in Clare and the characters that he met, and he become a crack with some stories like that he was out giving out mails and he met some fella that you know all this kind of in his element basically in his element yeah. loved it yeah. up here, and I think the players loved him as well. And um, but that translated onto the pitch because 2011 to win a national league title was massive from a hurling perspective. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, it and to came beat Kilkenny and the manner you beat them as well. Yeah, to come out of nowhere really. And, um, but I think he, 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 the hur- Dublin has, have the hurlers, you know, and had the hurlers from probably about, from maybe 09, 10 onwards, had great hurlers. But they just, for some reason, if, if, if a Dublin man or, or a man that came in and was given instructions, there was always four or five lads that wouldn't believe. They'd be kind of questioning it and oh, sure, like, what does he know? You know, they'd be all saying. And then once two or three people would say that, it just goes like wildfire. And if you're not getting your game, you'll sit beside them lads that are giving out as well and you'll just add to it. But he came in and he just didn't take any nonsense and nobody could question him, which was the best thing ever. Like, no matter what he said was gospel. If, if he told us to go down and and jump over the fence ten times we just did it because that's what you had to do because he knows what it is to to, to go and, and win things in, in, in Hurling um, and it wasn't about a National League for us it was, it was about progressing and beating every team and we, every game we played that year like we had an issue with the opposition like you know, they were in our way they, they talked us down some way he would have found some motivation for us to, to it was always like so he was one of those managers that you used what the opposition would say and stick it up in the dressing room yeah, wall to type a degree, yeah, yeah and he'd, always, he'd also use his old Clare uh, you know oh they said stuff about Clare in 95 as well and let's go out and get them for that it's, you know all this stuff and you're, <laughs> I remember playing Wexford uh, in the championship we were, <laughs> we were down in Wexford Park 
we were ready to go and he came out with a story from a priest years ago that that was banished from from the local parish in Wexford and no one in Wexford talked to him I, can't, I don't even know what it was about but he, he made us think that we were going out to war like it was it was just incredible and at the end of it we were like at the end, I remember asking him at the end of the game like what the hell were you talking about beforehand and he was like do you not know the story about the priest and we were like I don't know what you're talking we didn't know what you were saying beforehand but it, it, it obviously worked it worked yeah and um, it was, it was a great times for him and, and I had a really good time for him still and uh, they were beating Kilkenny that year like psychologically for Dublin Hurling that was that was a, a turning point as well like was that the springboard for 2013 um, knowing that you know like over the years gone out against Kilkenny and they were I suppose New Zealand or Hurling and very very difficult to, to beat but to get that victory in the National League final did, did that that change things? Yeah, it probably it probably uh, gave us confidence to think that look we're equally as good as them if we can perform and and we can beat them no problem if if we perform to our our, our optimum. But you know, it doesn't always happen like that. But uh, I think he he certainly brought belief that these lads aren't 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 superheroes. You know they, they're the same as us. But if we have a good if we have a good mentality and, and a higher work rate than them. And that we can we can we can beat them on the day, and it showed that day. And I think we moved on though after that. I remember playing them in the in the, in the early rounds of the Leinster Championship when we drew with them. Um, and after that, uh, coming in after that, like I think they got TJ Reid got a point or something to le- level it. Uh, and we were going in kind of nearly disappointed. You know, the usual thing is everyone says, "Oh, you had your chance, Kenny. You know, you be beaten." And I remember walking into the dressing room. I think I said it before, and, and Daly was hopping. He was so excited that we had another chance to, to go with these lads, you know. And he was on, he was on the mantra of, "We're going to retire all of these lads now and the next day." And they're so lucky to play us the next day. When we were coming in, thinking, "Oh Jesus, you know, I wonder what's going to happen next week now against these. You never get another chance." But he was so excited to, and put a total spin on it to say, "You know, they're privileged to get another chance to play us, and this is going to make us better from when we go and win a Leinster final and go on to compete in All Ireland." And that just changed our mentality totally. That you know, we're going to try and we're going to. Re- play even better the next day and Kenny can't, can't handle us and I think it proved then the next day that we, we really out hurled them that day and um, I'm kind of comfortably beat them really in the end well, although not maybe in the scoreline but we felt that we comfortably beat them and they were just in our way to, to get into a Leinster final and, and, and to beat Galway that day then and uh, like the 2013 year was probably the year you look back with most fondness like the, the National League final was a breakthrough but winning a Leinster championship was was massive and I suppose as you said you've done it the hard way Yeah, Wexford after replay Kilkenny after replay but that game against Galway was a phenomenal performance and, and, and the team the team looked devastatingly good that day yeah like I, I think it's just like one of those days where everything goes well, goes well for you and we trained really really well coming into it and, and I think we had really very little injury as well that, that season and um, Galway always have a reputation of, of, of coming in and doing really well but that team uh, with under Daly never had a we love playing Galway like Galway are our, our favourite team to play in a league or whatever it is because we always beat them we always got it into a kind of a dogfight or a war and we always thought that they couldn't handle that and uh, we, we beat them in Tullamore when we were 14 men and then when we got to Crow Park we thought this is this is the perfect place to play them. We're going to run them around here, and we're going to really show them how to hurl. And we used to always try to use the mantra: "Let's get them back." You know, they shouldn't even be in Leinster. Like that was another motivation. And we were just, it was just, at the time. It was, was that Daly's motivation as well? They shouldn't be in Leinster. Yeah, well, it was it was just anything at all. And you just get when you're in that kind of a bubble. You know, if someone sparks something, you, you just run with it. Like you know, and, and when you're sitting back now and think about it, it's just crazy talk. But at the time, it gets you it gets you over the line, you know. So preparing for the All Ireland semi final in two thousand thirteen, it was probably the most open competition at that stage. You know, Kilkenny gone. Uh, you know, Clare were on the other side of the draw. You had Cork to to, to get yeah. over. Was there? A, do you feel it's one that got away? Was there yeah, a huge opportunity yeah. to win All Ireland that year for yeah, Dublin? Massive opportunity lost. Um, I think as much as not taken away from the fantastic Leinster Championship success but it opened up after that yeah didn't it, it did yeah and it was probably funny it was the one year that probably was the best hurling championship whatever in 10 years and we happened to be you know I think if we came in any other year we probably would have went even further but uh, I think on the day the sending off probably killed us you know Ryan O'Dwyer getting sent off down to 40 mm-hmm. men um, but look that's the way it goes I wouldn't be t- I wouldn't be one to be looking back having too many regrets about it 
we didn't win it. We didn't win it. Uh, like for fifty-five minutes, it was it was nip and tuck, but that had a significant impact. Like he picked up a yellow after two minutes. Yeah, yeah, stupid, sh- like stupid stuff. But um, that's the way Ryan plays. He plays, you know, right on the edge all the time. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But um, I think we just had a, we just had a great team that time. We we, we had a great spirit. Uh, Everton seems to be going for us, um, but it just wasn't to be on the day and. That's the way it goes. Was there a sense afterwards in the dressing room that day that Daly was near the end of the road, or what? What was what was the feeling after that? Like because you had been on the road for a good few years, competing at a high level. Yeah, no, I, don't, I think it was just we just need to make sure we build on it, and you know the usual everyone says. But when you really sit back, it was it was a huge opportunity for us to you know to go on and, and even get to another Ireland final would have been great, and um, because I I think we, deep down we all fancied we would have we would have fancied ourselves against Slayer really. Um, but uh, yeah, probably was a great chance for for Dublin to go further. But that's, that's and life. 2014, obviously, then things didn't didn't go too well, and 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 Dalo decided to pack it in. Jer Cunningham takes over then, um, and last two years again, I got a sense of frustration from you that it, it just wasn't maybe at the same level that you'd hoped. Um, well, I can only speak for the year that I was there, really. Um, I think it was it was uh, it did, I suppose to be fair it's a difficult job to come in after a, probably a, a character like Daly you know um, lads expected certain things and certain standards and not saying they were dropped but it just wasn't the same and obviously you're hugely passionate hurling man and I know that and I know you'd be passionate about Dublin in future years do you see yourself investing time back in Dublin hurling like is do you have a dream to get Dublin hurling to the top? Um, yeah, I still have that dream. I, I still think it's possible. Um, I think when I first started hurling with Dublin, it was nearly a dream just to win. I think if, if I, I said, if I ever won a Leinster title, I'd be happy. But as soon as I won it, it wasn't enough. You know, we wanted to go on and win more. And um, I still think there is the ability in Dublin to 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 compete with the top top teams. I don't think the standard is... The standard is... is obviously risen in the last number of years but I think with the right people in place with the right mentality with the right training um, with, with the right players attitude I think uh, Dublin can compete and, and can compete very 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 good with the top teams um, whether that's going to bring on, Ar- on Ireland in, in the short term I don't know but definitely it'll bring it in the, in, in the long term Do you miss the inter-county scene? No Why not? Um, I miss I miss the crack I miss the tra- crack on training Um but I wasn't really enjoying it the last year, um, so I, I certainly don't miss the headaches, the mind games being played, messing mm. around with people. Um, I don't miss that. But up to that, I certainly would be. I've missed the crack around uh, going training. I miss uh, not pushing myself a hundred percent all the time at training. It's, okay, I do it in club, but it's, it's not the same. Um, you know, I kind of nearly miss not looking after myself 100% even though now I do look after it but if if I was in town today in a meeting you know I'd be questioning myself whether I have a cup of coffee or not or will I have that biscuit that's there on the plate now I just horse the biscuit into me whether I think about it or not it's great crack isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, but obviously the club has been a huge fabric of your life you're Bally Bowden you've had massive success and not only playing dual for county but at the end of every inter-county season you always went back and you always gave everything to hurling and football um, I suspect that's tough to regenerate the appetite after a tough inter-county summer isn't it? Um, er- earlier on when we were say getting beaten semi-finals or whatever winning Leinster titles and whatever but uh, it always took me a week or two to I needed a week or two downtime to to kind of Get the get the hunger back, you know. I can't sit around the house even now. I can't sit around doing nothing. I can't sit around in the evenings watching telly. I have to be doing something. Um, so after a week or two of, of doing nothing um, with Dublin, it was always, especially if, if when I was with the footballers, I used to love going back playing hurling. Or I was with the hurlers. I used to go back playing football. I always want to keep doing different things. And um, I, lo- I and, and the way the, the hurling was with the club at the time, and even to the football when we won in 09, um it's great to go back and, and play something different and, and, and win something that year um, and win something with the lads. Uh, and like I think it means so much to people in the club to 
to win you know not so much for the players it's, it's nearly for the other lads that you're doing it for the lads that, that, that used to play or, or can't play anymore or the other lads at the bar to talk about for the whole winter then you know what, um, what was the benefit that you knew there was success on the horizon going back really like you, if you look at Ballybowden hurling wise the They've won six out of seven county titles. You won five in a row. You were you were dominant force across Dublin hurling for that period. Yeah, and and I think we were struggling for years to get over the line. And I think when Liam Hogan came in, he changed the whole mentality. And everything was taken. It's just like inter county, and that's nearly what I kind of love. I, I love structures in place. I lo- I love getting the most out of out of myself, and I love trying to push everyone else on to 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 really be the best that they can be. Um, and I think that team that we were we were winning say the five in a row. Were, were really good and all wanted to aspire to do more you know and our, our dream was to win the All-Ireland and we, we didn't do that and we came close a couple of times and um, but it's still still not dead we still have, a, still have a couple of years left to try and do it but um, I kind of I, I used to love the going back and, and the challenge to, 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 to really push on and, and, and to make sure basically to show the inter-county managers that I'm still good enough to play the next year with Dublin and tell me how does a club like Bally Bowden because it's one of the most divisive things in any club is hurling football how do they balance it um, honest answer is they don't uh, that's being honest they probably won't like me to say that but I think there's probably three or four of the dual players like say myself and, and Stephen Heine particularly have been soldiering there for maybe 10 years and there's always somebody in the club saying you have to do this you have to do that but ultimately it comes down to what we want to do if we want to go training so you 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 dictate we the terms. We really do dictate, but even though they put these rules in place and they they think they dictate, they might think that. But like if if we decided ourselves, uh, we want to go play the football match the weekend, we'll play the football, and it doesn't matter what the managers are saying, they can cry and ring us a million times. It nearly got, the, and the older we get, the easier it is because mm. we just. How like, does that affect the players that are there playing the league games week in week out, and you guys are kind of going from one to the other? Um, I. Don't, I, I at the, at the, it doesn't make any difference. You know, we're there for the, we're there for the big games. Um, we're there as much as we can. Um, we're just trying to give as much as we can to the club, and um, it's not going to last forever. And I think the, we always try and put the best team out. And I think last year was was just showed the example of that. Like when Andy came in, he didn't care whether you never trained or you're always trained. He's picking his best team on Sunday, and that's the bottom line. And the football side of things, obviously winning the county title in 2009, um, beating local neighbours, Jude's, that was a big breakthrough from a club perspective, wasn't it? Yeah, I think football for, for the club is, uh, probably was always known as a football club. We, we won it in 95 and went through some barren spells then over the years. Um, but it was still always known, even we won the f- a couple of hurling, we was still always known as a football club. And uh, We've always come out of nowhere. You know, We're always a hard team to beat, I would think. Um, if we can get everyone right and stay injury free, we're, we're always there, there, thereabouts. Um, and oh nine particularly, we were written off and written off. And you know, I think we played Croaks three times that year. That year, um, and and they had their chances to beat us, and they just co- they just couldn't do it. Um, and we went on and went on a great run and got to got to the final against Jews. And uh, I don't think Jews are really, to be fair, ever going to beat us. Um, we just we just couldn't let that happen. A local local team like Jews uh, just wouldn't beat Ballyboden in a county final. There's no way. Um, so we probably let ourselves down maybe against Gary Castle in, in the Leinster in Leinster campaign because we've seen every other Dublin team getting out and doing really well, mm-hmm. and that always stuck in our mind. Um, after that, if we ever got back again, we you know we have to do well in Leinster. And last year was obviously the most special year with the club. Um, yeah. Winning that county final against Vincent's going in as underdogs, um, he got off to a flying start. Yeah. Um, half time in that game, you were obviously in a very prominent position. What was what was said in the dressing room, or what 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 difference did Andy bring to the table? Um, I think he brought a kind of steelness and a freshness. Um, so many times there's been there've been managers over the years and. They've kind of had their nearly, not that they're favourites, but they had a way of playing and that was it. And they had certain players that were always going to play in certain positions and the usual with every club nearly. But he came in and he just said, I'm here to win the All-Ireland. I don't care how we're going to do it. Um, whatever it takes, I'm doing it. And at the time when he took over initially... And w- w- was it 
the All Ireland he was after. Like we, you weren't in bonus territory when you won the county title. Was was that talked about from the start? It was mentioned from the start. Yeah, um, albeit we have to go and win the the club, the, the Dublin County Championship first. Um, but in his eyes, he couldn't see anyone beating us if we can if we play the way he wants us to play and we get everyone on the field that 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 uh, is good enough to play. And I suppose. What really helped, I suppose, was that the hurlers getting knocked out early in, in, in the championship last year. It's always difficult for us where there's always probably five or six of us now playing both, you know, and we're, we're, we're gone one week from the hurl and over to the football, and it's hard probably to manage. Um, but last year, we got knocked out relatively early. We had a bit of time with Andy and everyone um, to really concentrate on the football. And look, to be fair, I suppose, we were lucky to get over, over, over the first round against Croaks, and it kind of snowballed on from then. and. Uh, once you get over a big team like Croaks, they're probably f- were nearly one of the favourites for it. Um, we thought we were in, in with a great chance. Now we got a couple of nice draws through. Played Plunkets again. Lucky to get over them. Only for David O'Callaghan came off the bench. Describe that as a nice draw, would you? Well, I would, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we played Clontarf, and Clontarf had us nearly beaten until we got a couple of points the last second again. And um, it just happened. It just everything seemed to be falling right for us. Lads were coming back from injury in the right time, and things were going really well in training. And um, Andy just kept driving it on and, and bringing a new. It was just like inter county, basically, what we were doing. Um, and you know, we had no doubt going into the county final that we were going to beat Vincent's. Absolutely no doubt. They beat us the year before, and we felt hard done by um, that we had them on the ropes and just couldn't couldn't see it through. And um, coming into that final, it was just a matter of. Of, uh, of producing what we did in every other game and it doesn't matter if Vincent's are here I don't care they won it last year or won the All-Ireland whenever it was that was just the way we thought um, and probably nearly still think to a degree that we're still probably fourth favourites in Dublin for this year in, in mm-hmm. the Championship after winning the All-Ireland so we're going to be underdogs again but look we're playing Crokes again this year so it seems to be an annual And when you, when you got out of Dublin with a great victory obviously you the belief was there to go go ahead and win the All-Ireland Club title. Did you feel at a stage the game against Clonmel Commercial that was gone? Um, not really. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't looking great for a while, but I always felt like every single game we played last year went down to the last 10 minutes and we always pulled it out. That was our mantra. And then you get it to the last 10. If we're in with any shout, there's four or five points of a swing in at the 10 minutes to go, we'll win it. And that was always the case. And it didn't change. And I think that happened... That, it nearly gave us that confidence going through Leinster um, and you nearly bring that kind of a, a swagger because you're a Dublin team coming through uh, the Leinster campaign that you know you're probably better than most of the teams there but you know you just have to battle through it and they nearly always die the other team if you, if you just keep at it and keep at it um, and that happened nearly all the way through and it happened probably against Port Leash we were lucky enough that he missed the free in the last minute but um, I still think that we were the better team on, on the day Um and it came again against commercials. Things were really weren't looking great, um, but I still didn't. I still didn't believe that we were going to get beaten. I knew something because every single day someone else has come. Someone has come up with the with the goods. And that day, Darren Nelson did, but Dotsie did so many times. You know, Declan O'Mahony did, Andrew Caron did. There's always somebody coming up that will get the scores for you when needed. Um, and it's happened right through the championship. And I think the the, the day in the final was just a combination of. Everything that we did that year just happened to just click for us yeah. on the day, and, and everything. They went came much. in as half favourites. They did again. Took the pressure off you, did it? I, I can't. I, I don't understand. Two how three to nail up yeah. after fifteen minutes. I remember watching the hurling beforehand with the with the Limerick the, the Limerick and the Piercy were playing uh, the, the the crowd from Antrim, and the game was over at half time, and we were watching it inside the dressing room. Going, Wouldn't it be great to be playing an Ireland final and the game be over and enjoy the last twenty minutes? And, and it happened, and that's exactly what happened. We really enjoyed the last twenty minutes. It was great. And did you feel that they dropped the heads? Could you sense that they they just couldn't recover from from that margin? Like a half time, you're eight points up. It's, it's I think dangerous they, enough, I suppose. That they get a goal, yeah. they get momentum, but but I think they, they kill them uh, off fairly quickly. They dropped their heads really early. You could really sense it, and it wasn't just the scores. It was the way we were defending. We were blocking them, taking the ball off them so many times, and you could, they were starting to shout at each other, and their body language was gone. Um, and as soon as we started kicking a few scores you, you just knew that they weren't going to come back and you could just nearly feel that this Mayo team with them was hanging on them and hanging on them so, like that seemed to be with nearly every Mayo team when they get to the final and we were adding to it obviously on the pitch we were giving them a little bit of a advice as we were going through but uh, it was great for us and winning, winning that All-Ireland Club title 
I know 2011, not unlike myself, would have hurt you after giving so much to the Dublin footballers, I suppose, to see the lads pick up Sam. Did that go some way to burying those demons? Um, yes, I suppose. Yeah, look, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look back and and uh, have any regrets on, on moving on from 2011. And I was I was actually happy that they won it. It was great to see them getting over the line. Um, but look, I think winning with your club is special, um, and I, I certainly wouldn't change it for anything. And I really enjoyed the really enjoyed the, the crack that we had in the dressing room afterwards. Um, the bit of time that we took. You know, just among ourselves, going back to the club, it was just it was chaotic for a few days, um, and really enjoyed that. And it's something that you can't take you can't take away from us now that we're we're all Ireland champions and winning it with your club is special. What's your opinion? What does the future hold for the dual player? How can you see it evolving? Is it possible for young lads to do it now in terms of the modern day standards? Um, yeah, I, I've said it before. I think it is possible. I think to do it, you need so many things to fall in your favour. Though you need. Your lifestyle to be—you need to be a, a good athlete anyway to start with. You need to be injury-free or pick up injuries, you know, uh, very, very, very uh, rarely. Um, you need to—if ha- you're a student or you need to have a job that lets you recover and rest and all of that behind the scenes. You need to have a lot of time for that. You need to have managers that are that are, that want you to play both that and will let you, uh, you know, kind of come and go from each training session. Um, it is tough. So all that rules it out for most lads. <laughs> <laughs> look at it. Look, uh, your man Podge Collins and Claire seems to be doing it. You know. Um, but what would you say to a, a fifteen, sixteen-year-old now who has the talent for both calls? What advice would you give him? Do it. Go and do. Give it all. Don't. Don't. Uh, don't give up one or the other. Go and do. As uh, go as high as you can. Um, and get on, get on the senior hurling team, and get on the senior football team, and make it really difficult for Jim or or Jer, whoever's the managers, to uh, to have that conversation with you. Um, but get to that point. Don't give up before you get to that point. What does the future hold for Conal Keeney? Um, I don't know. Uh, go back and train tonight. We have a game on Wednesday. We have a game on Saturday. It just seems to be more games now and playing now than ever. But I prefer playing games and training and. Uh, stay injury free and hopefully win a few more medals before so you intend to give the club saying a few more years yeah absolutely I think it's coaching on the horizon um, I don't know um, I'm, I'm not sure really I probably would like to stay involved and I'd like to uh, coach at the top at, at, at a kind of an elite level you know I, I mightn't be great with uh, with the with the underage you know I, I prefer to be um, I, I kind of get frustrated when when I know lads are talented and they're not putting it in. You know, I, I like to be uh, dealing with the kind of the, the top end. If, if maybe that's a bit snobby of me or whatever, but um, I don't know. I, I probably would like to have good lads with me as well. You know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. like to think I can do it on my own. I would. I certainly wouldn't be able for that. But I think I still think I would uh, have a lot to offer um, from the line. But and would it be in hurling or football? Um, I don't know probably it wouldn't be wanted in either <laughs> uh, look I don't know I'll see how it goes I'm going to play as long as I can whether that's going down the ranks to junior I don't know if I'll go that far but uh, I'll certainly give Bobby Bowden uh, another couple of years and, and see how the duel goes and probably end up maybe pick a one or the other to get squeeze the last couple of years out of it and um, try and maybe win win another Ireland with the, with the club and see how that goes Listen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming in today. Fantastic career, I suppose, in, in football and hurling. Very, very difficult for anybody to, to do in the modern day. And so best wishes in the future. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thanks for that.